Thank you for joining us on the LTC NAC Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Nurse Assessment Coordination, ANAC. We're on episode one of the Restorative Nursing Podcast Series. I'm your host today, Shannon Johnson, and I'm here with ANAC's Curriculum Development Specialist, Jesse McGill. Welcome, Jesse. Thanks, Shannon. I'm glad to be here today. We're glad to have you. Um, we're excited to talk about restorative today, care today, and I thought you could kick us off by just sharing more about what is restorative care. Yeah, absolutely, Shannon. You know, if we look at restorative care and look at the technical definition from the REI user's manual, restorative is a nursing intervention. It promotes the resident's ability to adapt and adjust to living as independently and as safely as possible. The program focuses on achieving and maintaining the optimal physical, mental, and psychosocial functioning of each resident involved. Sounds pretty broad. Can you elaborate or dig a little bit deeper for us? Uh, absolutely. You know, when we look at restorative, um, we're first looking to see what problems or needs the resident has. And restorative is that nursing intervention. So we identify that the resident has a need to help maintain or improve an area of function. And the licensed nurse develops a program to meet that resident's needs. And again, either to improve or maintain. Now restorative care does not require an order from the physician. And it does not require recommendations from therapy. Even though therapy is often highly involved in referrals to the restorative program, it is a nursing intervention, and it's developed, implemented, and evaluated by the nursing department. Is that, you go into the explanation, I think that's great, thank you for sharing that. Is it something that you think um, facilities don't currently have in place, that it's more set by a physician or a recommendation from therapy, or most um, facilities have this type of a program established as you've described it? Restorative has been around for a really long time, and there's facilities that have really great, robust restorative programs, and there's facilities that haven't quite got there or met some barriers, especially facilities that are case-mixed states. They will typically have state auditors or someone hired by the state to audit their case-mixed reimbursement, which includes their reimbursement. And the states may have more specific or higher level of criteria for the documentation in order to capture those restored programs. And if a facility has had takebacks, meaning the state has taken back money from that restored program, that has caused some barriers and uh, I'm going to say a level of intimidation to starting a restorative program. But the benefits of restorative, uh, you know, are so great for the resident that we want to overcome those types of barriers. Sure. Well, I don't think we can really call it regular nursing. That seems so generic, but how is restorative different from regular nursing? When we look at what we're going to call regular nursing, which I would also call your standard nursing practice, that care that you provide to any resident that's in your facility. So if a resident needs help getting out of bed, we're going to provide assistance to help that resident get out of bed, either assist of one, assist of two, and we help that resident out of bed. Now, if we identify that a resident is able to improve or maintain a function, if we complete that task in a certain way, that's where restorative comes in. 
that we are doing task segmentation or training or um, another type of activity that's going to promote to improve or maintain the residence function and it is specific to that resident that is where restorative comes in and it's above and beyond that standard care that we would provide to any resident and helps meet that need and improve the quality of life for that resident that makes sense so it's really a nursing intervention it is and again like i said before we start by identifying a resident has a problem a need or a strength that we want to work on and um, so if we are say we're working with mr jones and he needs help getting out of bed but we want to go above and beyond just helping him out of bed because we believe he can improve or maintain a certain level of function with a with a specified program then we work to identify based on an assessment of his needs what we need to do to accomplish that and we train the staff in the certain steps of how Mr. Jones needs to get out of bed so that he can learn those skills and either improve or maintain that task. Great. So is it required for every facility to have a restorative program? It's not. Restorative has no federal mandate or state mandate. But if you do not have a restorative program, I would strongly recommend that you can, would consider developing one. And now, with, with me saying that restorative is not required, there are other federal regulations that do require that we provide services to maintain or attain the resident's highest practical level of physical, social, mental, and psychosocial well-being. Restorative is a program that can be one of those services that meets that regulatory requirement. So even though restorative is not required, it is an essential part of meeting that resident's needs and keeping them at their highest level of function. Sure, it sounds like it. How, how would you identify when a resident would benefit from restorative programming? Restorative programs can be identified at any time during the resident's stay, but there are really two key times that I would recommend always assessing for the need of a restorative program. That first time is when the resident first is admitted to you. And whether or not they're receiving skilled therapy services, when a resident first comes to you, we want to look at all those areas that restorative could help and identify if there are areas that therapy may not be addressing that restorative can help, or if there's a barrier to when therapy can start, what can restorative do to help gap that delay in services? The second time that I would always recommend therapy to, uh, or excuse me, for restorative to be evaluated for that need is when a resident is discharged from formalized therapy. Now, as I said before, it's a nursing intervention, but when we have a resident that's on therapy and about one to two weeks before they're coming off of therapy, it is a really great practice to start talking to therapy about what can restorative do to help maintain and, and help uh, continue those goals that therapy has been working on while they were in that skilled services. So those are two great times to start. However, Restorative can be initiated anytime during that resident stay. And I, I meant to ask you this earlier, um, can a restorative program improve facility measures, like quality measures and five-star ratings? It certainly can help. Um, 
when we have a restored program and we're keeping that resident at their highest level of function and keeping them as independent and as safe as possible, that can directly relate to uh, less decline in ADLs, to fewer pressure ulcers, to fewer falls. And all of those areas, when, when we have that resident at their highest level and that highest quality of life, that directly translates to improved quality measures that improve quality outcome. Um, now, the surveyors and the facilities are looking at the quality measures in CASPER, but remember, the public's also looking at our quality measures through the five-star rating. As on top of all those quality measures, like I mentioned before, Restore can also impact reimbursement, not only for Medicaid case mix dates, but also if you are a pay-for-performance state. Uh, a lot of those pay-for-performance plans, those, those state uh, uh, reimbursement uh, they will they will look at resident satisfaction and look at the quality measures as part of their standards for that pay for performance. So it really sounds like it's a win-win for the resident and the facility. It absolutely is. And you know, when we're talking about quality measures, uh, we can also use those quality measures to identify other residents that can benefit from restorative. When we talk about quality measures, now this is reactive data. We it, we've already. Um, the declines already happened, the falls already occurred, it's reactive rather than proactive, but we need to use that data to identify residents that may have a, a need, maybe a candidate for restorative services. So looking at what residents have triggered for ADL decline and identify if there's any areas that we think the resident could improve or maintain if we were to initiate a restorative program. Or look at residents who are triggering for newer, worse and pressure ulcers. Does bed mobility um, impairment or other immobility contribute to that development of that pressure ulcer? And can a restorative program help to heal, heal that pressure ulcer or prevent more from developing? And that's, that's where we can use that data to help grow our restorative program. Great information, Jesse. Thank you so much. We certainly look forward to continuing this series with you in our episode two of the Restorative Nursing Podcast. And for our listeners, um, you can find more information on restorative nursing and care at www.anac.org. Otherwise, join us next time with Jesse um, for episode two of the Restorative Nursing Series. Thank you.